Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Dramatology Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about Bride of the Century, a 2014 drama by TV Chosun that came out um, with Iyongi and, oh, I can't remember about the girl's name. But yeah, it's a drama that it's a favorite of mine. I've watched it a billion times, you know. I'm the kind of person that I watch a drama often if I really like it. And so yeah, this drama is one of those dramas that, you know, I've just watched so many times and it's a guilty pleasure of mine. So yeah, what is this drama about? Well, this drama follows the Choi family, right, over a century and basically their life and love um, and loss. And I mean, the in this generation, the 2014 generation, we are following um Chai Gangchu who is the head of the um Taeyang group at this point, right? His dad is kind of semi retired, or should I even say retired? Um, and his brother is just does not do um business, right? He's a K pop star. And so yeah, he's the head of the family and when our drama study already has a fiance in Jang Yi Gyung, the daughter of this old construction dad, basically their company is going bankrupt and I think only by marrying Choi Gangju can the family see some money to kind of like get themselves out of their situation. That's basically how our drama is. Um, but then the twist is Jang Yi Gang isn't our main character, right? Um, the main character is a doppelganger, Naduri, a girl from I think a countryside that basically because she looks like Jang Yi Gyung, the daughter of this wealthy family, she's able to replace her when the situation requires and the situation comes up when the mother of Jang Yi-gyung finds out that um, the mother of Cha Gang-ju is basically, basically using her daughter as like a sacrificial lamb in place of the childhood friend of Cha Gang-ju that is the girl she really wants to marry her son and because um, the bride of the eldest son of the Choi family always dies she believes that okay I mean once this Jang Yi-gyung girl dies then Rumi, who is the girl that she really likes, the child friend of Cha Gangju, will just take her place. But unfortunately for her, <laughs> um, Yang Yang's mom finds out, and I mean, she's not going to let her own daughter die, right? And so she employs Nadurim to take over this position. Um, and it's in midst of this. Um, and because Nadrim is very different from Jang Yi-gyung, she, she's not well put together. She's a sunny, sweet girl. Um, um, and so it's it, this relationship with this hick kind of a girl, Nadurim, and this wealthy Shebal guy, um, Choi Gangju, that our story kind of follows. And I mean, there's mystery behind it of like trying to figure out why the first wife of the eldest son always dies but generally this story holds its own in terms of plot in terms of like everything everything is well done the story is well done um and the plot doesn't fall off halfway which <laughs> i mean it does a lot for like a lot of dramas right it just falls halfway like towards the end like they lose plot or something i don't know um but this drama manages to keep its suspense um, and its review was very good. Like I don't recall how I felt about the review, but obviously I liked it well enough that I keep watching it because I watched this drama a billion times, right? So like, yeah, so that's what the story is about, right? And just watching the antics um, of Naduri and, you know, the reaction of Choi Gangju to her antics, right? Um, I'll just talk about things I liked about this drama and things that... Um, really impressed me about like why i keep watching this drama um the very first thing i like about this drama is its characters every character was 
good in their own like in what they were trying to portray every character was kind of three-dimensional there's not that much character development because the characters at the beginning still don't they don't start from a terrible spot for example chekangju right he's the head of this chebo family right he's the head of not the head but he's the other son of this chebo old traditional family right and you would think he would be kind of mean because all the dramas i watched that are kind of from this era this 2014 era of like just around those years they tend to create like they tend to have male leads be mean when they are like rich they tend to be very very mean very like almost like you even as a watcher will kind of dislike the male lead at the beginning and it's only because of the power of love that they somehow like become like good people which is very unrealistic i feel like but this drama doesn't do that right from the very beginning chaganju is kind of yeah he's arrogant and rude but he's not overly mean everything kind of at least to me fits in his character like his character fits what it's supposed to be right at the end of the day he's still the child of a rich family so it only makes sense that he would be a little arrogant and a little you know standoffish only makes sense right but you can still tell that like his parents kind of raised him right like they raised him not to be overly rude in the very first episode we see the scene where he fires um a worker artist or more right and i mean yeah you can think oh my god that's kind of rude and he's kind of mean and everything but to me i felt like he made sense she was wearing a perfume that was very off-putting where i walk right it's a principle it's a policy that nobody wears perfume because no matter how much you love your perfume somebody else will hate it right and so customers can come in and no matter how much you think your perfume smells nice they will go they will like go somewhere else right because you like your perfume is just off putting to them and so i get that point of him telling her like firing her because she's basically the very first person a customer meets when they walk in and she has a very off-putting perfume and maybe her perfume is even off-putting but to try and do it is and that's good enough to fire i felt like so yeah business-wise he's very like serious and it makes sense like it takes that seriously because i mean his family has not been making all this money by being lax right i mean some some dramas will always believe that but real in real life like people actually work yeah i mean i know there are some scenes where like the scene where he slapped his assistant and told him that you stole from me and so like like that was out of character i felt but yeah that was the only part that was like eh, kind of Oof. but otherwise and that's again because he thinks he stole from me again that's it's like it does not justify violence or anything but yeah that's the only scene i could say okay that was very regular trope of like a chibo character but generally that he was well written arrogant but not mean and he knew his job like he actually did his job he actually went to work <laughs> right and so from the very beginning like we could see that he was not particularly interested in Jang Yi Gyeong right and again that's, I, it comes back to the fact that he's very responsible but Jang Yi Gyeong was not somebody that he was in love with right he made it very clear I don't know why she was offended by that like in the very first episode when he mentioned that I mean 
that's the relationship they have. He's very responsible. So his friends arrange a marriage and he thinks, yeah, she's good enough. I'll marry her and that'll be that, right? We'll like have kids and, you know, grow old and be like our parents because they are like his mom and dad are kind of like that. And I think that's probably what he expected for his own relationship. And he was fine with that, right? Because it meant the betterment of his group. But then falling in love in Nadurim, like little by little, like seeing her antics, right? Because she does very weird things. Her climbing on the wall to get into her house, right? And he's like, what the hell are you doing? Like moments like that, right? He slowly like falls in love with this character and like it brings him out of his shell. makes him realize that there's really more to life than just, you know, going to work and like being responsible. And, you know, sometimes you need a little spice. And I guess Nadurim was that spice um, that he needed. And so he fell in love and yeah i believe is like the route to which he fell in love like sometimes dramas will, will show that and you feel like why does he like the female lead like it makes no sense but this drama actually like i could sense moments where he was falling in love with her and so yeah it was very nice nice character yeah another character that i really like um is the character of the ghost mainly because i could not place what and i'll talk about like the story line as one of the things i like about this drama but the ghost was a character that i mean you didn't think that chagang ju knew about her right till i think a couple of episodes in where it's revealed that basically she's been with him as he was growing up because i think he was kidnapped when he was a lot younger and she was basically the one that got him back home or something like that um and so she's been with him for for a long time but i mean throughout the drama the drama never makes it seem like the ghost was ever a villain and i really enjoyed the character of the ghost because she was really a young girl at heart as well like she was very she had she was a young girl at heart but at the same time she appeared like an adult like an old person so it was very interesting just watching her act her like talking to like nadurim and like playing with her and stuff like that it was very nice then another character i really like um not that much actually she doesn't really compare to chai kangju right it's nadurim but I feel like I have to mention her, right? Because she's the female lead. Yeah, she was lovely. The actress really acted the two different girls very differently. And so I could always tell who was who, which is very good. Like when an actor can do that, like you have to give them a thumbs up. Nandrim herself wasn't particularly impressive as a person. In the sense that she's not, there's nothing about her that's particularly charming. Right. Maybe it's because she's not charming that Chuck Angju falls in love with her. But she's not particularly special that I felt like you could have almost swapped her out with anybody else and it would have worked out. But that said, she's woo Chuck Angju falls in love with it's her antiques, it's her sweetness, her kind of bumpkin countryside kind of behavior that he likes right and so whatever like if that's what he likes good for him but she wasn't particularly impressive but that said i still enjoyed her character she wasn't annoying which is good enough for me when a female is not annoying to watch i'm sad like it, the story will work for me like I, I won't have to like turn off the tv because i can't stand the antics of the female but her antics aren't too bad then another character I really enjoyed, and I think she's my favorite character because she's the only one that I think really showed, like she showed the character growth I liked the most. And that's Rumi's character. That's Choi Kang-ju's childhood best friend, right? The friend 
dad she's basically been with him throughout his life right they grew up together and she's really the choice of the mom right uh, and in an ideal world if Nadrim had not existed most likely she would have been the one to end up with but I mean, we are all glad she didn't because they kind of fed her with Jung In at the end there. But yeah, she's a character that at the beginning I disliked her because it made no sense to me. If a guy is engaged, like he has his relationship set, like he's getting married, why would you lower yourself to try and be begging him to like love? Like if a guy is not coming to you and telling you like he loves you and stuff, like like take the L like and just end it. Like why would you like put yourself through that pathetic insecure like it's, it was very difficult to watch her at first right but she grew up quickly right and when she decides to like put down her like interest in Chuck and and I understand where the interest came from having that someone you've known all your life that is that impressive he I mean Chuck and is the best she could have done like right? he's the top tier right so like there's no one that's going to be better than him except maybe Jung Yi is very cute but again it's still like that best meal that you could ever like attain to get right so I understand where she's coming from like she's kind of been groomed since she was young to kind of fall in love with it's very hard not to have but yeah anyway she she lets her go at some point in the drama right which the minute she does she becomes a character that i just love i mean she goes from this bitch to basically almost nadurim's best friend (laughs) Right, other than Jinju, she was like this character that basically she was their therapist, right? At at some point, first of all, she's one that notices that Nadrim is different from Jang Hee Kyung. That speaks volume to how smart she is. I think at some point she comes to his office and she's like, like she she points out the fact that Jang Hee Kyung is not wearing the ring that Choi Kang Ju gave her, and she's like, it's almost like Choi Kang Ju you put it on somebody else. She was the catalyst that he, he needed to think of the fact that it's possible that Jang Yi-gyung is not the same person as Nadurim. And then later, she's also the one that comes and gives him the ring, right? That Nadurim leaves, I think by a tree or something. Um, and she was the one that like comes and hands it to him that yeah, it's a different person you gave the ring, right? Basically tells him the truth. And she's also the one that goes and comforts Nadurim about this whole situation and you know how just being there for Nadirim and trying to come are you sure you won't regret this and you know she's also the one that I mean she's like a therapist she's a therapist at some point like at this point like because she's also the one that goes to Trigangju when he's pissed because he's pissed right that they basically lie to him this whole time and so she's also the one that goes to Trigangju and is like you know if you love like she listens and she she comforts him and like she loves you and she didn't want you to be hurt by this so like she's she's a very well-written character i felt like yeah that's it for characters then another thing i liked about this drama was the relationships the relationships between characters um in particular i want to spotlight the relationship between Choi kangju and his dad this drama does a good job of showing us the relationship that Choi kangju has with his dad because his dad is kind of a good person he's a very very good person and i mean he's been dealt a bad hand by um his wife's mom basically his mother-in-law um and he's kind of morose kind of 
all he's not a happy person okay i guess i shouldn't say he's sad he's just very reserved and probably because of the loss he had like he lost his wife the day after the honeymoon so i get it but that said like he never once makes it seem like it's his wife's fault yes i know he isn't very affectionate but i mean i don't know what she expected he never wanted to marry her in the first place right um but you know i'm sure she like begged or something like so when his wife had died so yeah i mean he was never resentful towards his wife and i remember specifically when he finds out that it was his mother-in-law that killed his first wife and he basically says he doesn't want his wife to find out because he knows just the kind of person he she is and that she'll blame herself for it so that just shows how much of a good person he is and i sense that even with his relationship with Choi Kangjo, like his relationship with his son is very proper <laughs> a little too proper like and when i mean proper i mean like there's nothing I can say wrong about their relationship. It's just that good. He can tell his dad anything, right? Um, and we see those moments where he basically confides in his dad about things. And I can see where Choi kang gets his character from because his dad is very forgiving. He's very nice. Like, when he found out about, like, not dream line, he, his first reaction was not to berage or like insult her like everybody else but to you know just go find out what happened and you know he he believed in his own judgment about Nadurim and so his relationship with his son is very nice to watch there wasn't any drama even though he's technically not the child that his dad would have wanted because he's not the child of his first wife and i mean chakangu knows this right and this is also never a problem for him like he knows that he's mom is not the love of his dad's life right but they are all very mature about it right they've lived like 20 something years that something is um at this point so nobody is like it's not it's not mac jang in that sense you know how like dramas with that kind of um, plot setup will have the the son very like angry to his dad angry at his dad you know taking his mom's side but no the mom is mature the dad is mature and that reflects in their relationship so yeah all very mature relationships that he had going on so i really enjoyed that part of the drama Another major part, and I say I'd say the major part of why I like this story is actually because of the plot. Right, the storyline is very well written. That I was invested in the mystery of, you know, basically how does all the first wife die? Right at the beginning, right, the first person we find out what happened, right, to his first wife was the dad right we we know that okay yes the father's wife was killed by his mother-in-law like the mother-in-law killed his first wife right and so yeah that makes sense right but as you go deeper like there's always something going on with this family that ends up you know falling on the head of the first wife right for the grandfather or the great grandfather right the nanny killed her right and the great when we say the great grandfather i'm talking about like the era where the ghost existed in right she's the very technically the very first right and it just continues on like that not because there's a curse as nadirin finds out but because the circumstances just happened right so after the grand great grandfather right we have the grandfather which is the ghost's child right at least this is how i read like this is how i understood the plot because i mean they never said it explicitly that the grandfather that is the one that wanted to marry nadirin's um grandma back then you remember he said he fell in love with her at first sight and he basically made up the rumor right he is 
the child of the ghost is how I'm going to interpret it because it makes more sense that way to me. And so his first wife <laughs> runs away, actually runs away. It's not because she dies or anything, right? And that's Nadrim's grandma, right? And then the father, we find out that, oh, it's because the mother-in-law killed her. And then check Angie, right? And so Nadrim is technically supposed to die, but this is, I guess, the end of the <laughs> the plot, right? So she survives, right? Because she wasn't really going to die, um, because the first wife never died because of a curse, right? But yeah, I was mind blown when I like figure out, oh my god, like this is why all this is happening. Like just even the fact that like Nadrim is the reincarnation of Buni, which is the the daughter of the nanny, right? And so it makes sense, kind of that Jangi Gyeong is the daughter of of the woman, like the nanny, right? I guess the only thing that does not make sense is how like they are split like Yang Yigyang and Nadrim should technically be the same person right my own understanding of that was that regardless right the nanny the character of the nanny is supposed to have a kid that looks like Nadrim right and so it makes sense that okay Yigyang is her daughter the way I understood the plot was that yeah okay so the nanny has a child, Jangigyong, right? Yes, I stopped calling her the nanny. She's Jiran in like the modern day, right? Um, Jiran has a child, that's Yigyong, right? But then I think because of what Nadurim did back in the day, like Buni, that is, because of what she did, I think it's like they split, like they are stole. The reincarnation of Buni is Nadurim, right? Without a doubt. Clearly, it's not Jangigyong or the ghost would have given the good luck charm to Jangigyong from the beginning right so it's obviously not the room right and so yeah i think it was like a sweet soul kind of situation because the goodness of buni right is not something that can be contained in like the child of that like nanny because that nanny is like a wicked person right so that's how i kind of understood it so yeah like story was well done the dichotomy of Nadrim and Jang Young, like it was very good. I'm surprised that like he didn't notice earlier that she was a different person. Because I felt like it was obvious. <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I felt like it was very, very obvious. Yeah, so that's it for this episode. If you guys have a specific drama that you would like me to review, let me know like in the comments or like on Twitter or Facebook, right? Yeah, so yeah, thank you for listening. Um, It's always fun to like talk about dramas and you guys let me know what you would like me to talk about and I will try my best to um deliver. That's it for this episode. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye.